today we're going toward more of an activism kind of thing and going into the protest movement, which probably many people in the States haven't heard about. But you mentioned last week, Kim, that outside your house was a major protest site and you you were telling us when we were preparing I think it's like oh you might hear people (laughs) outside uh, saying anti-BB stuff BB meaning Benjamin Netanyahu for those who don't know that that's his uh, nickname in Israel BB whether you like him or don't like him it's not a bad or a good thing it's just his nickname BB Netanyahu so uh, how is there a protest outside your home today? There is also a protest outside my house today, and I already started seeing the sirens uh, from the police because uh, my house is very close to one of the big centers that uh, that televisions go to protest. But those that are with families and they don't want to go all the way to there, you know, and, and get in trouble with the police, they come to next to my house. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> it's it's interesting live right where the protests happen but that's partially because now by law you're supposed to only protest by your house you can't go too right. far from your house for your protest so people protesting next to your house yeah they're saying every every street junction so that everyone can go and, and protest that was the the deal um, and I do think that it's bringing more people to the streets because it's not, you know, you don't have to drive to Jerusalem and, and worry. You can just go outside even with, you know, my son is what, 18 months old. I can take him. He sees people banging on pots and he gets excited and he starts clapping. So everyone gets excited with him. And, uh, and then I go home after, you know, like 20 minutes, but I feel like, at least I'm taking part of something that I couldn't have uh, before. So Tom is already uh, an activist at 18 months old. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I just need to get him some swag T-shirts, and and maybe you guys can set me up with that. <laughs> so you want to start introducing our guests? Yes, definitely. So we have uh, Yael Moav and uh, Yael Shoval, uh, both tour guides uh, with Majdi Tours. Um, and both activists. Uh, we keep following you on Facebook and, um, and seeing the, the amazing work that you've been doing since all of this has started. Um, and it would be interesting to hear from you. Maybe you can give us some background. Why are people even going out to protest? Um, when did this begin? Yael? Um, well, it's a long story, <laughs> but the Things have begun like four years ago that people started to demonstrate against the corruption of Netanyahu, but it was really small groups like in Jerusalem, where today the big demonstrations are happening near Balfour, near the home of Netanyahu. Every Saturday night, already four years, people gather together to a small demonstration talking about the corruption, saying that our prime minister is so corrupted and it's just, it's unacceptable. But it, it didn't, like, things didn't change. It was the same. Small group, uh, demonstration. I think that something happened now because we had the three elections in a row and we thought that maybe uh, blue and white can give 
can exchange uh, Netanyahu. And you see that I say Netanyahu and not the Likud because it's like a one person party. All the, we don't even see the other uh, person that surrounds him. And so it's not that he represents a party, he's like just one person. And um, so there was a disappointment that things are not changing. And I think because of the corona, people are unemployed, people have time. So suddenly the thing has just grown. I, I remember I was in a, they started the four months ago, like they call it the tent, to demonstrate 24 7 on Balfour Street as the nearest we can get to the home of Netanyahu. And there were small people. <laughs> they are called the Khatyarim. Khatyarim in Arabic, the old people, like people, you know, our age. Uh, Amir Askel, that is one of the leaders of this movement, he is 67 years old. He was a high commander in the Air Force and a pilot in the Israeli Air Force. And I remember, I think it was like the 30th day, and I was there with Fayal at that evening. It was Tuesday evening, and suddenly more and more young people came. It was amazing. I mean, suddenly all the young people went out on the street demonstrating. That was the first evening that there was a lot of violence from the police. And since then, we are out on the streets. It used to be like three, four times a week, every Saturday. Eyal, he he doesn't need to, I mean, he can rent out his apartment because he moved to live on the street. Even I stayed some nights sleeping out there because we need to maintain the tent for 24-7. And it's amazing what happened. And because we can demonstrate now only one kilometer from our home, it, it has changed. From, I think from Tuesday night, we, can, we went back to Balfour. It's legal. We can demonstrate now even farther. But it's like almost a month that we could have demonstrated only near the homes. It made much more people... Like much more people went out. My mother, that is 85 years old, she's demonstrating. She wouldn't come with me to Balfour, but now when I demonstrate in the neighborhood, she would come. So it's a very interesting uh, things that are happening. Well, thank you. And again, if you if you just joined us, we are on our live stream, crossing boundaries. Uh, this is uh, Kim from Tel Aviv. Uh, I'm Aziz, uh, joining you from the States. And we have two of our guests, uh, Yael Moav and Eyal Shoval. And uh, Eyal, can you tell us, um, can you tell us about this decision to just start sleeping outside and protesting? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a quite a radical uh, decision to go. I'm not just going to go and protest for a couple of hours I'm going to sleep out. What made you go all the way to, to that decision? Hi, everybody. Uh, it's all. There is quite a lot of noise from outside because I'm quite near the Balfour Street and you can hear the police are putting the barracks back uh, in preparation for Saturday's demonstration. So every time they, they do that, we understand they are preparing themselves for a big, big demonstration. This is what we hope going to be on Saturday. Um, about what happened to me, uh, I have a home, I have a family, and I have quite a cozy bed. But, uh, you know, sometime during life, there are some moments that you, can, you understand and you see around you, something happens. And this, and you, 
any uh, in much moment like that in history, but uh, once you see one, uh, either you can uh, sit in your sofa and uh, look at the news and discuss it with some nice friends. And the other option is to stand up and do something. And because we understand this is a very crucial uh, time in history now that uh, people are uh, think that are losing democracy now, it's time to stand up and do something. Now, I've been uh, demonstrating for a few years already here in, uh, in the center of Jerusalem, uh, but during the demonstrations started to come, I saw one afternoon on the TV that Amir Ashkel was uh, arrested. He was just having a speech outside on the street walk, and the policeman just came and arrested him. And pictures like that you see maybe in Iran or in Turkey, you don't see it in the democratic countries. So something changed. You see how the police, policemen react, how the police, uh, politics reacts concerning the, those demonstrations, and you feel that something very, very bad is happening all around us. So I decided to come the next morning to Jerusalem, and I invited Yellow uh, as well. And we sat there and discussed the people that have been sitting there. And I said to myself, I must take action and do something. So I started to spend two nights uh, sleeping on the doorstep of Bibi Netanyahu's house. It's a, it's a street. And uh, a few other people have done it this, uh, as well. But since the lockdown started and it started to ban the demonstration, and they said, it is not legal to demonstrate 1,000 meters uh, away from your home. It's another political decision in order to ban demonstration against a dictator. Because when once there is a dictator, he's afraid of everybody. He's afraid of his, his family. He's afraid of his uh, political uh, um, party. And he's afraid about, especially about the people that are coming to demonstrate. And if he's doing that, we understood we have to do something in order to do something against it. So what the only thing we could do is rent an apartment in a short distance to the place where he, he stays overnight in Jerusalem. And that's what we did. Four guys, we rented an apartment in Paris Square, 200 meters from, uh, from his residence. And therefore, the police can tell us that we are too far away from our home. But nevertheless, really? they came and they gave us some penalties. Even if we showed them the contract, where we live, even though they came and, and they gave us some penalties. So there is a lot of harassment from the police and from the municipality, but uh, we are willing to pay the price, not only the money, but even a much higher price. Thank you, Ariana. Yes. I, I want to ask you a bit about En uh, Matav, the, the group that you're uh, wearing on you all over. Uh, but just before that, you, you both um, mentioned Amir Eskel. Um, and I have to ask about his controversial remark uh, to the Ethiopian officer. Um, I mean, he told her that she can't do anything to him. He was the one who brought her to Israel as a pilot, as a uh, former pilot. Um, do you feel that these 
demonstrations and protests are also creating division inside uh, the Israeli community? The protesters come from all sides of Israeli uh, uh, society. There isn't any left or right exactly. They come from everywhere because the crisis is all over Israel. And in that afternoon, what happened is the policemen just prevented us from demonstrating from all sides of the residential house of Bibi Netanyahu. There are a few entrances to that, that uh, building. And from each place, they pushed us away. And they pushed us quite violently. And this guy that has done amazing thing for the state of Israel all his life was pushed very violently by the policemen. And one of them was that, that young uh, policeman. And maybe he said something that in other time nobody will pay attention. But everything that is said is used today against the protesters in order to say, look, those people they are anarchists, they are aliens, they are, they are spreading diseases and such things. But we pass it away already. And not today, every day there is a new subject. So, yeah. And everyone, everybody understands that this, this is not the issue. I think we get so many questions today. So I'll, I'll start with one that, uh, and I see already people sending us questions. But one thing that caught me into what you said, you said Netanyahu is a dictator. However, anybody who's following Israel's politics would say, Netanyahu has won three elections in just one year. So he's not a dictator if he's winning elections, right? Why would you call him a dictator? No, because he didn't really win an election. He, uh, every time he has to do a coalition, if you count how many candidates there are uh, for Netanyahu and against him, the calculation is all the time against him. There are more than 60 against Netanyahu in each election. But because of the political system here, he needs to uh, create a coalition and is using um, the weakness of other parties in order to become once again and again as a prime minister. So your problem is with the system, the system that allows, because it could be Netanyahu now, but it could be anybody else. And he's using the system of how the is functioning to take over. I think it's, it's not only the system. It's a... I mean, you know, I, ag I agree with you, but I'm saying like anybody who's listening to us today saying you do have elections in Israel, like in Palestine, we got none. So we, we, we stuck with our guy, whether we like it or not. But you guys had elections and somehow he manages to play the system well and convinces even the person who ran against him to eventually side with him. And he keeps staying as prime minister, which you could you could say he's just a brilliant political operative guy. Um, would you really go as far as saying he's a dictator? I'm wondering, is that an accurate an accurate description? You think? Yeah, you want to to comment, or you want me to give an answer? I can start and you can follow if you want. <laughs> you can answer because you said he's a dictator, so go on. Now, you can use the democratic system in order to uh, create a dictatorship. Okay, we saw it also during history. Uh, once 
you are very clever and you know how to manipulate the, the people and you know how to manipulate the, the parties in the parliament, you can maintain your power forever and ever. And he's using those, uh, those parties and uh, using his party and to, to destroy all the system, all the democratic system inside Israel, the, the court, the parliament. So all the decisions that are made today are made by one people. Because all the allegations that are, uh, is, is facing today, he's doing anything he can in order to, um, to stay out of jail. And therefore, any, everything is legal by his side. And we are losing democracy. You can see what's going on in the parliament. The parliament is not functioning anymore. The committees of the, of the parliament are not functioning anymore. And there isn't any chief of police for, for a long time because he has to nominate the new chief of police. And if you uh, uh, you facing court, is he wants them to be weak. He keeps them very weak all the time. They are dependent on him. So each one of them that might be a good candidate had to uh, to do whatever they, they can in order right. that he will be satisfied for for the action. I'll just clarify. He's using also the police. He's using the police also as a political weapon. I know Kim has a question, but I just was going to say for those who don't know, Bibi Netanyahu has been indicted on multiple uh, charges, corruption charges, and he's... Uh, now uh, has a court case against him and uh, the, what Eyal uh, is saying is it's weird that the prime minister will nominate the head of police who would be investigating him uh, with multiple charges and the attorney general and all of these. It kind of becomes a conflict of interest and it could lead to problematic outcome. Yeah, you were saying something. Yeah, uh, Netanyahu, the last is his prime minister over the 13 years, and he's surrounded by people that are really, I mean, people that you can't believe that are in the, those high positions, like Ohana or Miri Regev. I mean, those are really people that are not, uh, <laughs> they are ministers and they are not willing to, like, the only thing they'll do is are yes men, if that's the, like, I can say that they are yes men. So, those are the people that surrounded him and they'll do everything for him and they don't, so no, no one doesn't criticize him from inside and that's another thing that we can say that he's a dictator. Another thing is that all the high positions in Israel, there is no one there. I mean, he's controlling everything. If it's in the court, in the police, and we don't have a budget yet. It's a, the, the government is not functioning. The high positions all around the public uh, uh, administration is not functioning. And I think there is another thing, if we're talking about the political system, is that 20% of the Israeli citizens are Arabs. And we had the last elections, 16 uh, people that were elected from the Arab par parties, and that's a lot of power. But no one is not brave enough to count them. And that's why... Netanyahu, that's his strength, because if we're talking about center and left, or what we call the just not Bibi, Raklo Bibi, I mean, that's like we were, uh, a lot of people were elected just because they said, not, the only thing we want is that Bibi won't be the prime minister. So in this like 
group that was the biggest group. And out of 120 members of the parliament, 62 were in the group that we would call the just not Bibi, I mean, group that, that were elected because we don't want Bibi, but 16 were Arab, from the Arab parties. And blue and white, uh, Benny Gantz was not brave enough to say, okay, I'm going to build a government with the Arab, with the Israeli-Palestinian people, Israeli-Palestinian citizens. And as long as we won't count them, we won't have power. If we're talking about center and left. So Israel will stay right. And somewhat in the right, especially in the Likud, they believe that they, it's only Bibi. Now, if I think about my children, my son that is 20 years old, he doesn't know any other prime minister. I mean, he was... From, from the age of seven years, he sees only Netanyahu. So think about all the young people in, in the Palestinian Authority. It's the same. It's only Abu Mazen. So young people, they can't even believe that we can survive without Netanyahu. They say that he is a... I mean, really, I, I talk with young people, even not from the right side. They say, but I mean, the only person that we have is Netanyahu. They can't imagine Israel without Netanyahu. I think it's more that they can't imagine someone who will replace them because they don't feel that someone else is strong enough to take over. Um, and not necessarily that they're only 100% for him. I've heard from a lot of uh, Likud um, uh, supporters that are fed up with Bibi. And I feel like the protests are also coming up because a lot of people have lost hope and um, and security. They, they don't feel like the person that is leading them is actually leading them to a place that will bring us out of this crisis. Um, and uh, I think the, the reason that now it's different than five months ago is because we were doing pretty well in the beginning. We were doing well, everyone was listening. And then we came out of the closure and uh, Bibi said, go party, live your life. And everything was forgotten and we got to numbers that were just shocking uh, not only to Israel but to the world Can and um yeah talking about corona that corona. yeah covid corona the covid 19 okay sorry i'm talking about the covid 19 I, I think that in the beginning it, it seemed like israel was doing very well and there was a reason to trust uh, netanyahu and then uh starting with the, ho the high holidays people started losing uh, their trust in the reasons that he's uh, making decisions, if to go into closure, if not to go into closure, taking the holidays and the religious uh, sector into consideration. Um, I'm going to stop talking myself and uh, go back to you guys and ask you a bit about En uh, Masav, if you can explain what it means, En Masav, and how this group formed and what exactly are the goals um, of this group. En Masav is a uh, translation of Elotav is no way, no way that uh, a prime minister that uh, indicted in such a serious charges can, can remain a, a prime minister. Because, you know, a leader, a public leader should be, people are looking at him, he should be an example. And if, if he's indicted in such a, a serious allegation, he should step aside, go to court, and if he'll be uh, free of charge, he can come back and be the prime minister. But he's not doing that because he knows he he's, uh, he's, should be in jail. 
And therefore, this guy that is called Amir Ashkel, the major general in the Israeli Air Force, four years ago, he started to stand in junction all over Israel with that sign, no way, no way. And uh, in the beginning of May, um, this year he came to Balfour Street and was sitting there. And little by little, people joined him, started to come to, to Jerusalem and sit beside him. And he's a very humble person. Very gentle and humble person. You never, you don't hear him speak ever. Uh, but he became a symbol, and uh, he's a good symbol because he's a, a because he's a simple person. You know, he's doing it from his heart. He can rest in his home, uh, using his pension, and have his good life. But uh, he's doing it for the sake of the state of Israel, and people are looking for for guys like that. Leaders like like that, their hands are clean. So people started to follow and, and join him in Jerusalem. And I think he didn't believe at the beginning that so many people will come. And today, when you come here on Saturday, you see 30 and 40,000 demonstration demonstrators coming to to Jerusalem. And it's, it's something that they he just amazed to see again and again. I tell you, I've been now three weeks here in Jerusalem, sleeping, sleeping on the sidewalk. And uh, it's, it's, it's not easy because we have a lot of harassment from the police and from the municipality and from Bibi's uh, fans. And today in the afternoon, he called me and said, tomorrow I'm, I'm coming to be with you. Okay, in the morning, nine o'clock, I'm, I'm coming to be with you because I know how hard it is. So this is a guy that you, uh, you like to follow. And I think he will be remembered very well in the history of the state of Israel. Once Bibi will step out of his, uh, of his house, he will be remembered as one that made a change. And I'll just mention that um, we're starting to see more and more groups form within this, uh, this organization or movement uh, of protest. And um, we, we planned on having additional group members join us today, but then... Uh, last minute, they told us that there is a big protest and um, they can't miss it. So we did uh, video one of them answering the same question about uh, their own organization. Um, I'll just say a word about uh, this one, or actually, let's let him speak uh, for himself and then uh, we'll discuss. I'm Guy from Kum Israel, which is Get Up Israel. We are a young movement within the pink organizations operating in this uh, revolution, which we call uh, in the demonstrations in Israel. Um, Kumi and the pink groups, we represent the young people of Israel. We try to bring out a voice of a generation, which is calling for something quite different from the other groups operating. Um, we try to bring more the voice of hope and against the system in Israel, the political and economic system that is has never worked for the people and bringing them out that it's not only about Benjamin Netanyahu and his cases, he's the first one to go and then uh, from our point of view, it's the entire government that should stand on trial for the, by the people 
and um, pay for the fact that we are very divided. We think in small groups instead of as people, like in, kind of like in soccer with the politics in Israel. And that is a cause straight from our political system and uh, main conversations in it. Um, we try to bring out the fact that it could be better and that we can be in solidarity one, one for the other and one group for the other and uh, bring out the fact that we should all protest, not as individual groups, as restaurants or artists or actors, musicians, as, but as people and really join together in the cause that it can be better here. And that's what we hope to do. A pink future you see only through a pink flag. And uh, that is the kind of point of view that we try to bring out in this protest. Um, make it fun and hopeful. Because um, without that, we have nothing. Thank you. So we're seeing these young protesters uh, come out. Um, it's, I didn't see pink flags from the beginning. Uh, what Yair was talking about, about those first uh, uh, protests, the smaller ones, uh, I think they started with black flags, actually. And then today we're seeing more black flags in, in different junctions, on bridges. Uh, people are, are driving to these bridges near their houses to stand with black flags. And then all of a sudden we're seeing um, everyone dressed in pink um, and when you ask them why and what what they're doing they say they want a pink future for their children and yeah I think this guy that was talking on the video he too doesn't know anything else uh, but Bibi but um, the the phrase that they've come up with now is you picked the wrong generation so these are the people that are staying late um, in, in the protest and uh, tackling the police. Um, I think we have a picture even with uh, the, the police. Uh, I don't know what it's called in English, the water truck. Uh, that, um, yeah, that you can see all these uh, younger, younger people fighting death. It's, uh, it's definitely interesting. And we'll be taking questions now um, from, from the listeners. Aziz, do you want to get us uh, started? Yes, absolutely. And we already have a few. So if you want to send us more questions, please do. And we'll spend the next uh, 15, 20 minutes at least uh, dealing with those questions. But I also want to remind everybody we are on Crossing Boundaries live stream podcast, which is something new we started doing is turning these episodes also into podcasts and reminding everyone that uh, you could share those podcasts or the videos that we send to you. If you're on Facebook, feel free to share it on Facebook, send it to people. And thank you for doing that. Um, all right. So I'll take the first question we got, which is about uh, COVID-19 and about uh, social distancing. And how are you able to, are you able to do that? Uh, and does it actually, because the people who often more anti-BB might be more health this is what uh, Randy wrote, might be more health cautious and might be worried about uh, COVID-19, especially that the numbers of Israel were, were quite bad, especially two weeks ago. Um, so does that mean less people coming out? Are you able to stay safe in those protests? What do you do to make sure um, you, you are getting the maximum people, but also 
um, applying safety precautions. Uh, each one of us goes all days long, all day long with a mask on. Okay, nobody's taking it out, especially in our groups, because we understand this is a this is a serious business. We are not. Uh, you don't say that there isn't any corona. There are people that say there isn't any corona. This is all uh, rubbish. But no, we are, we are using it. If you look at the demonstrations, you see that most of the people are having the face mask. But what happens in demonstrations, people are getting crowded. This is a typical way of demonstration. Now, when the policemen are putting the barracks, they, want, they put the barracks in order to control the people. So they just put the bike in a short distance so the people are getting more and more crowded all the time. And then, you know, the politician says, look how crowded they are, they're spreading diseases. But if you're looking about researchers in at least the state, you see there isn't any evidence that people are infected in the demonstrations. But every place that we sit, especially here in Balfour Street, the policemen are coming all the time to check that we are having our mask on. If somebody takes off his mask under his nose, already gets a report. And they know that the problem is not with us. There are concentration of religious Orthodox people that they have big families and they, their houses are tiny and they study together. And the most of the people that are infected are infected in those small communities, not here. But nevertheless, all the time, you know, like there is an eye on the sky looking at us that we are, have to be better than each, each all of the other people. Kim, do you want to pick the next, uh, the next question? Sure. All, all these questions are amazing. Um, keep them coming. Um, we do have a question here about um, if the policies uh, that of mismanagement are only towards uh, COVID um, or are Israelis set up with BB in general? Um, uh, Karen is asking if the left is beginning to gain courage in the resistance um, against the settlement growth uh, and the confiscation of land in the Jordan Valley. Uh, I personally think that those are different things as, as Israelis are struggling at the moment um, to, to get to end meet. But Ayal, um, if you have uh, an answer as well, please feel free. The COVID, I mean, we started to uh, demonstrate to go out and protest against Netanyahu four years ago. But because of the COVID, much more people joined us. And now because the economical situation and so many people are unemployed and people can see that, I mean, the COVID is not, is not managing it right. So more and more people are coming. I used to go out on the on a, protest and always like being really frustrated. We even went together Ayala me a few times on Saturday night and like you say, where are the young people? Where are the young people? I mean, they're, they're this generation that they say that they picked the wrong generation and I think because of the COVID they are out in the streets because they say we don't have any future, we don't we are unemployed, we'll never have money to buy an apartment and yes, they are out on the street and that, that made the big difference and Talking about the political issues, about the settlements, or about the occupation, um, it's something that maybe at this part, I mean, that's not the heart of the, of the protest. The protest is against the corruption. It's against Bibi saying that it's 
there is no way that he'll be the prime minister. And after that, hopefully, when he will leave us alone, we can go on and fight for justice and against the occupation because we need to have as much people that we can and not all the people that are demonstrating with us that are going out on the street against Netanyahu and against the corruption will join us if we'll talk about the occupied territories or about um, the settlement. Personally, I think there is a straight line between the settlement, between the occupation and between the corruption. Can, can I add in something? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice the municipality had uh, evacuated us from our place very, very violently. And as if we were criminals or, or, or drug dealers or something like that. Later on, when the policeman came to uh, uh, during the demonstration, he told me something. Look how they behave. And then I understood, I understood it already before that, but it was very, very obvious. The methods that they used to deal with the demonstration were used before that by them and by other people. And for me, it was very hard to, to admit it because I was a soldier in the Israeli army for many, many years. The same uh, behavior of the policemen of Jerusalem, exactly like the soldier behaved in the West Bank. And this is something that is ruining our democracy as well. So I think when people understand that, and more and more people understand it as time passes, we know there is a a connection between what's happening today inside Israel and what is happening outside the the green line. I remember in 2011 going out to protest in in Israel, Palestine, but it was mainly Israeli protest against Bibi as well, because he's been <laughs> the prime minister for so long. And I've been in these huge protests of tens of thousands of people. And we were sure Bibi is lost. That's it. I mean, it was such a good feeling. And yet somehow he managed to turn it around and and win that battle. And I hope this time it would turn different. But I remember back then it wasn't just the U.S. It wasn't just Israel going through these protests. There were similar protests in the U.S. or protests mainly in the Arab world. And it kind of was all inspiring each other. The Arab Spring inspired the 10th protest in, in July 2011. And so one of our questions here is saying, do you think there's any influence of U.S. demonstrations in Israel or vice versa? Is there any connection or inspiration that Israelis are drawing from the United States or Americans are taking from Israeli protests against the government there? I think there is a slight connection because Bibi is connected very well to Trump. Okay, I think they admire each other. And uh, once Bibi is not malfunctioning with the corona crisis and the economic crisis, it's happening almost the same in the state. So what we hope is when, if Trump will fall in, during the election, it will uh, inflect also what's happening here. Because it will weaken very, very much Bibi's and then it will be much easier for us to, to keep on going. Although I have, I have to say, and then Kim, you can pick the next question. Economically speaking, owning a small business in Jerusalem, in Israel, registered in Israel, and owning a small business in the state, 
I'm shocked to say, even though Israel often claimed to be a welfare state, more of a welfare state than the United States, the abilities to get help in the U.S. for a small business is tremendously more than it was in Israel. And I, I, I was completely shocked about that, that there was more support for companies, small businesses here than there was in Israel, which often claimed to have a much stronger roots of uh, uh, social welfare and taking people, care of people and even unemployment uh, benefits. There was way more help for people here. And I know it wasn't enough. And I know a lot of us in the States are saying we, especially now, as many of these benefits have faded out, are struggling. But friends, you know, Yael, you've written stuff about this. I, I remember reading on the internet. Friends I have in, in Israel uh, and are not getting pretty much anything. And if they're getting, it's very little. And friends I have in Palestine are getting completely nothing. And it, it, was, it was such a surprise for me. Sorry, Kim, you're... Uh, I no, I agree. And I, I wanted to add that individuals too. I mean, I just, I told you that I received the check from, from the U.S. because we did our taxes um, before we came back. <laughs> and from Israel, I still haven't received anything. Um, so unfortunate situation. Um, well, there's one question that I think uh, can be easily answered, um, but I would like to hear from you that you're in the process themselves, if you're seeing this, um, if there are any uh, um, demonstrators that are generally supporting the Likud, um, but feel that Bibi needs to go. Now, from what I uh, said before, I, I think that there are, and I think that anyone that is feeling the financial pain and understanding that nothing is going to change, they feel like they need a change no matter if they support the Likud or not. Um, but I wonder if that's something that you're feeling throughout the protest itself. Are you talking about politics at all? It depends what you call politics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first of all, yeah, we see more and more people that were uh, Netanyahu supporters that voted to the Likud years after years and were active in the Likud that are, are now demonstrating with us. More and more that will join us. I can hear a lot of people that say Bibi should go, but they don't feel comfortable to join the demonstration. They don't feel comfortable to protest with us because the political issues. Um, there are some groups that, something that is really nice about this, or amazing about this demonstration is that we are a lot of groups, small groups and some groups, even in Matav, where we are, there is no leaders. There are no leaders. It's like things that are just happening by themselves. So there is a group that uh, does mention much more the political situation, you know, talking about the occupied territories. And, uh, and people. some people tell me, I would have joined this demonstration, but because I'm, I'm rightist, I, I'm not leftist, I don't feel comfortable to come. So it's, it's like very... Um, difficult or like we need to be very careful so more and more people can join us so we don't talk a lot about like we won't talk about the occupied territories or about the settlements that's not the heart of this demonstration though again me personally i think it's completely involved well what we can see is that uh, he doesn't have a lot of supporters in the streets next to us there is a small tent 
of Vivian supporters. There's uh, maybe three or four, sometimes two people there. And when we have demonstration, big demonstration, maybe 15 or 20 people are facing us. That's all. They're not going out to the streets anymore. But it turns violent when when you face each other sometimes. I mean, I, I, I've seen some videos, a friend of mine a week ago was punched out in one of those small protests uh, outside his home. Somebody just walked to him and punched him, right? Actually, one of the guests we've had on our, on our show, uh, Gershon Baskin. So sometimes that also, that turns into a violent reaction because they, I assume they don't want these protests to happen. One thing that Bibi really did good is like to break us into group. And his supporters, they really believe that we are traitors. They are standing in front of us with a big sign saying the leftists are traitors. And they really believe that we are traitors. They really believe that we don't care about Israel. That is ridiculous. And then they can be really violent against us. Sometimes it will be just, you know, calling us in names, but saying terrible things like, you know, go back to Auschwitz and things that you, you can't believe that they say or spit on us, but sometimes they can really get violence. But they deeply believe that we are the traitors. And the big difference is like we have shares that we say, Lech, go away, go away. We're talking about Netanyahu. Netanyahu, please go away, leave us alone. And then they go and they say, you go away. I mean, all of you. We are talking about the political issue. We're talking about the corruption. They are talking about all of us. They say, if we say Netanyahu go away, they say you go away. If we say Netanyahu is a traitor, they say all of you are traitors. And they deeply believe that we are dangerous to Israel. And, and they can be very violent. I mean, I, I am worried about the people like Ayalo, sometimes that I join them, that we sleep outside there. It can be, it can be not only unpleasant, it can be dangerous. Well, it's, it didn't start during Netanyahu's time. It happened many, many years ago, the violence, those, this kind of violence. You know, in 1984, there was a hand grenade uh, that was thrown to a Peace Now movement in Jerusalem, and one person was, was killed there. Uh, so it's the name of the guy that threw that hand grenade was Yona Vushmi. So when we sit down together in Barfus Street, we say the new new Yona Vushmi is now is uh, is patting his hand grenade, is, is uh, stretching his hand to the pocket to take it out. So we expect something like that to happen. We, we take it in account. We can't do a lot, you know, it's a police job, but we, can, we take it in account that it might happen. I definitely think that the, the, the protests and these kind of acts of violence, um, physical or, uh, or not, um, are bringing up a lot of the, the problems within the Israeli society. And, and Karen was asking here if, if you think that uh, the, the police actions against the young protesters will bring to some sort of awakening um, about the abuse against Mizrahis or Palestinians. And, you know, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about the, the Mizrahi community and the struggles that they've been going through since uh, coming to Israel. And I know that a lot of people that are not going to protest, even young ones that are from Mizrahi descent, they're saying that these protesters uh, are the white supremacists that, uh, uh, not supremacists, but the white elite Ashkenazi that uh, do not see us. 
they are fighting for a cause, but it's not our cause. Do you feel that at all? Yes and no. I mean, first of all, in, in like not our, our generation and our kid generation, there are so many mixed couples. Like my, my nieces, niece and nephew, they're half Ashkenazi, half Yemeni. And from the others, brother, half Turkish, half, I mean, we're so, so, so who, I mean, if you're half and half, to are you will you demonstrate or not so i think israel has changed and i i really believe that for political issues and netanyahu i mean menachem begin was the best he was the first one but netanyahu he, he manipulates the people and he convinced them that it's because they are mizrahi uh, but yes there you can see that most of the, the people that go out will be leftist, Ashkenazi, maybe more high society, uh, high socioeconomical class. I have a, a friend that he is a Persian originally. He's, he came as a young person from, from Iran, from Persia, and he's married to Ashkenazia, so his kids, they demonstrate. But when he walks, people look at him, you know, and feel kind of uncomfortable, and they think maybe he's, he supports Bibi, and he's just here to provocate because he doesn't look like us. So, so there, this issue does exist, but uh, we, we do see, I mean, it, it's mixed. And I hope more and more people will join us. Like today, the uh, people in, in Yafo, they did a big demonstration. People that have small business shops, they took out all the shoes and the, the clothes and they burned it. They'll join us. We got two more questions. Kim, you want to take one and I'll take the other? Sure. Um, we have one uh, from Bill. Uh, why aren't protesters also protesting the supporters in the Knesset so that uh, a vote of confidence can happen? You were talking about, uh, you know, no one having this courage to stand up against. So do you feel like the protesters are actually giving that, that push of confidence? Why are they not pressuring pe people who are in the Knesset, basically, right. against Bibi? Well, there are people from the Knesset that are, we see them a lot in the protest, like Yair Golan, that he is, well, he's like merits left. And there is a Elia Vidar that is from a, a Victor Lieberman's party that is very rightist. We see them in a Boogie Alone. We see them every demonstration. They are, they are joining us. They are walking with us. They are talking with us. They demonstrate with us. But uh, yes, most people are afraid. I think it's like, People, especially around Netanyahu, it's like, um, how I'm, I'm missing the word, you know, like, uh, like it did, a, like. Uh, <laughs> you, you chose a hard word. I don't know. Yeah. Hypnotized, okay. <laughs> like they're hypnotized. Yeah, like they're hypnotized by him. They're so afraid that if he will, I, I, it's hard to understand it. But yes, I, I, I thought we will see much more like Yair Lapid, that he he's, trying to be his dad of the opposition and he thinks that he can replace Netanyahu, we don't see him at all. I don't know why. I mean, he could have supported us and we would have supported him if he would join us. I can tell so you why, actually, because he doesn't want to be looked at as leftist because that would make him lose certain votes. It's just like, this is how... But here, Eli, Eli Avidar, that is from the party Israel Beitenu, Israel our home, that are really, really, we see him every day, every evening, every evening with us. He's not afraid. Apparently, Lieberman got more guts than uh, Yair Lapid. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. 
I got one last question, and it's from uh, Robert Kramer. He's saying, I wonder how Israel can survive as a democracy and a Jewish state, as long as the ultra-Orthodox and West Bank settlers continue to grow in numbers, encouraged by finance uh, and financed by American evangelical uh, groups uh, in the state. Um, I wonder as well. <laughs> are you, do you, I, I read this question and I, I a little bit worry about it because I don't think necessarily the problem is that the ultra-Orthodox is anti, I don't know, pro-Netanyahu or anti-Netanyahu. I think they, you can't, just like I hate it when Israelis talk about us as a demographic threat, I worry when we talk about other people as kind of they're growing in numbers, it's a problem. On the other hand, I do understand what Robert's saying. Politically speaking, really the reason Netanyahu in power, we were talking about coalitions, but the reason he's in power is he's have the coalition from the settlements, which continue to grow. We just read today, settlements are going to grow the fastest maybe ever with the new authorization of buildings in the West Bank. The ultra-Orthodox community just naturally grows faster than any other community in the country. And those two are major powers in the Knesset, and it's hard to build a coalition without them. And so as long as they support Bibi, is there really hope? I'm guessing that's really the question. Is there really hope to, because it's also going to go toward more, Kim, you and I had this conversation the other day. It's slowly going to become also a religious state. You already have people in the Knesset talking about a, a country run by the halakha, by the Jewish law, and not by any democratic aspects. And now maybe it's not acceptable to really say it, but in 20 years, in 15 years, the numbers will be there to make that actual law. Yep. Well, we, well, we, we don't know exactly what the future will be, but uh, you know, in the history of, of the Jewish people, there were a few disasters already. All of them happened because of extremists. Uh, so right now, we're exactly on the point, 70 years, you know, after 70 years, usually there is a point that uh, you must decide about something. But when we sit uh, inside that compound, from time to time, the Orthodox people are coming to talk. And when we speak, Suddenly you, you're facing another human being and you started to talk and you see you can have a conversation. Sometimes they accept what we say. Sometimes we understand what they're saying. So the only solution is to, to reach a point that everybody is accepting the other one way of life. Otherwise, they understand and we understand that there will be no future. But I think they are rational people after all and they understand that's the only way for them to maintain their way of life is also to accept uh, the non-religious people here in Israel, because after all, they are the ones that uh, uh, supporting them mostly. So they have to adjust to the, to the modern way of life, exactly like they do in the state or other places as well. Which, which we saw that they don't always do in the state, but um, I, I agree with you completely. I think that uh, the problem is when the government or the, the news are using it against 
everyone basically saying that it's the ultra orthodox that are bringing the numbers up. No, it's the protesters and always continuing to create this uh, division within the community. Um, okay, Aziz, should we say thank you? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Ayal. Um, always good to see you. Uh, and uh, all, all the power, all the strength in, in your um, activism and what you do. We totally uh, understand how hard it is. And no protest movement ever achieves what it wants easily. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's the thing. So we understand how hard it is. Say that we won't give up till Bibi will leave us alone. So we won't give up. We'll just go on and we'll win. We will win. Stay strong. Inshallah. Um, thank you again. And uh, it's not... Uh, how we say always, it's not where you travel. Shabbat shalom. We say Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.